Game Great Game is a video game podcast that breaks down the games of yesterday and today and figures out what makes them good or, when applicable, great. The conversations on this podcast cover the game as a complete work, so please consider this a spoiler warning for the game of the episode. Also, we're well aware that Zach's laugh is weird. I don't know how it happened. Was he born with it? Is it a defense mechanism? Does it safely direct ships lost at sea to harbor like a siren call carried in the wind? I think about this way too much. Anyway, sit back, relax, and kick those rails off. We don't need them where we're going. You think you're crazy, and yeah, I think that's true. But baby, we are here for you. It's good game, great game, the video game book club for people that hate paper cuts but love button mashing. I am Zach Rich, and with me is Andrew Orsi. Hello! And that's it. That's it. There it was no Kevin. Kevin. There was never a Kevin. He's not. He's in your imagination. How did you ever believe there was ever a Kevin? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> you know? Yes, Andrew, there is a Kevin. There is? <laughs> there is. Oh, he God. He lives in our hearts. Oh. Yes. And but he's not his heart physically three here sizes today. that day. <laughs> <laughs> Every Christmas cliche. What can we all get out there? Uh, Eddie, I wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my face stapled to the carpet. <laughs> From everyone's favorite <laughs> it was classic. like, where that face going to be stapled to? Uh, no, it's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, sure. Did, have Don't you ever seen it. Christmas Vacation? Don't know it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I know what it is. So I, I know what I need to it. do for you this Christmas. When? I have no free time. <laughs> Don't wait I ever. literally listed off my schedule for you today. I have no free time. We, we're just like working. So can I, I don't want to like start this episode in the negative place, but can I regale to our listeners just like the weirdest conversation I had with a table at our day job? Please do. Today. I, this was, this was last night. And I'm so tired. I've worked like 15 of the last 24 hours. And this couple, they spoke perfect English. So I can't imagine they were non-native English speakers. Like they were fine and everything. Because we get a lot of tourists. Because we live, we work in the heart of the great city of New York. And they asked for two martinis. And I said, great. Would you like a vodka or gin base to them? And they said, we just want martinis. And I said, okay. Would you like a vodka martini or a gin martini? It's just like plain. A basic martini. And I'm like... Okay, would you like a vodka base for your plain martini or a gin base for your plain martini? And he said, dry. Can you make it dry? And I'm like, I can. Would you like a vodka martini or a gin martini? Eventually, I gave up and they definitely got vodka. They were very happy, but I'm not happy, Andrew. I'm not happy. (laughs) How do people? I want to understand this. You order a martini, but you don't know what's in it? Yep. Ah! Frequently. I mean, I've literally said to people, they ordered a margarita, and I've literally said, all right, what do you have a tequila you prefer? Grey Goose. Mmm. For those, <laughs> for those that don't know, Grey Goose is not a tequila. <laughs> this is just shop talk at the moment for us. Yep. We have a lot to talk about today, including our game of the week. Uh, we're finishing up our discussion on the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. This is just kind of like a little bonus episode for you to tidy over between weeks. Uh, is that a bonus noise? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the noise of a bonus. <laughs> when that noise is heard, a bonus gets its wings. <laughs> well, here you go, bonuses. Pew, 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 pew. 
pew. You can see them flying away. They're so happy. Fat sacks of cash. Ooh. Holiday bonuses. Oh, I want those. I want those so bad. Where do you get a job that gives you that? <laughs> I have no idea. I try to go to the job markets and they're never there. I, wa- I did have a, a show that did one one time, but it was really minimal and didn't feel like a thing. <laughs> Here's your $15, <laughs> bonus <Pretty> much. boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we're finishing up our discussion on Year of the Dragon. Kevin sends his regrets. He had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so he was unable to join us for this evening. But you got two of your three sweetest boys here with you right now. Do you want to start talking about Year of the Dragon, my boy? Is there anything you want to spin a yarn for us? We played Smash 4 a little bit before we started recording, and that's probably the last time we're ever going to touch that game. So We sure did. Good- goodbye, Smash goodbye. 4. Goodbye. We'll miss you. We'll miss you so We'll miss dearly. you, but we'll have something to fill the void. I preloaded my copy today, and it's just sitting on my Switch, and for a good five minutes, I just kind of like kept on checking to see if it would unlock for me. Maybe like there's a glitch in the Matrix or something. <laughs> and, oh, no. Just, oh, I guess you can play it right now. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I very I conveniently wait. have a train ride the day of release. And I do I will too. just be sitting on said train. You know what I'm doing. Hope you're not the person in the seat next to me because yes. um, I get violent. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He starts throwing punches in real life. Yeah. That there's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a motion captured video game. But, um, you know, for today I won all of the matches against X. Absolutely. I don't think the audience caught that sarcasm. Didn't, Can you give me that read one more time? Didn't, didn't lose any. I, I beat Zach every time. It wasn't a Who knows, buddy? Off. See me in Ultimate, you know? You see me in Ultimate. I think, I think you're still going to beat me. Take me on. <laughs> Take on me. I almost beat you, like, not today. <laughs> Other times. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. But that's enough Smash Talk. Let's go play a game. Yeah. the episode is the third part of the Spiral Reignited Trilogy, Year of the Dragon. That's the sound dragons make, Andrew. Did you know? I didn't hear a single one in the game make that noise. I'm pretty sure. Especially in this one, because most of the dragons you encounter are babies, and they're going... There's a lot of babes <laughs> around this game, if you know what of babes. I'm saying. A okay. whole lot of babes. Yeah, I see where we're going. Let's see what mm. this is turning into. Uh... <laughs> And I'm talking about the bunny. How much did you get to play, Andrew? All of it. All of it. I platinumed this Every one well. last... You platinumed all three games? All three games. You are a far more committed soul than I. I did. What happened to you? I don't know. You literally never could have cared about platinuming games until we got to this show. Correct. And now I do every one. <laughs> I feel like I started the like good boy, great boy, bad boy thing to... to, to drive me to finish the games that we play on the show better which has obviously failed for the most part because <laughs> yes. i'm pretty sure i'm the motivation 66 percent average here i did get to finish the game i did not platinum it but i'm definitely going to come back to it i forgot to write down my completion percentage but it was like high 70s okay um so i didn't get to refight the sorceress at the end but uh, i did like it's see the team it's not that extra engaging of a battle if i'm honest it's not a good final <laughs> boss yeah She's like in a UFO, right? Yeah. It's very weird. you just weird. chase her around in one. Yeah, it's very out of left field. Yeah. Uh, 
what I want to start when discussing Year of the Dragon is how freaking crazy it is that this game only took a year to make. Right? You know that? Right? Like, all three of the Spyro games released within a year of each other. So, Insomniac had very little time to build all these. So, when they needed to diversify what they were doing for each game, that's why Spyro 2 got all those missions added into it. And then Year of the Dragon, the way they kind of changed things up is adding mini-games and more playable characters Mm -hmm. to the mix. What did you think of the changes they made in order to keep Year of the Dragon fresh? So... I I have an interesting thing where it was just, like, uh, self-awareness that I had while playing the game. Um, Towards the end of it, I was thinking about what I was going to say about the game in the episode. And I was, like, thinking in my mind that they really hadn't changed that much. Um, Which then, like, stepping back out of it, I was like, no, wait, they did. They added a lot of characters. There's a lot of different things. They do a lot of different things with the extra playable characters. Uh, They did change a lot. But I think what I was looking at in that specific moment, I had done a lot of the extra characters kind of stuff, and I was doing a lot of the Spyro stuff left over. And the actual mechanics of Spyro himself really do not change between two and three. They don't change one bit. They did a little between one and two, but two and three, not at all. Well, the only thing that really changed for his moveset was just getting that hover ability. Yeah. That little extra spring to the end But somehow that even, like, felt like more. And he was able to swim. You know what I mean? They he added was able swimming to swim. yeah. and climbing. But they kept all of that stuff, and he didn't really learn a new ability in this one. Um, it was the same functionality of Spyro as it was at the end of 2 if you unlocked all the stuff. More or less, yeah. yeah. So I think that is that is that the seed of that thought was just from like, hmm, they didn't expand on Spyro himself at all. Did they change anything? And then I was like, oh yeah, there's like other stuff. Cool. Yeah. That dragon can skateboard. Sure can. He can kick a sweet flip. Sure can. He can spin a gnarly wheel. Remember when I don't like platformers? Did did the did the skateboarding parts really get to you? Dear God, why? Why are they there? Oh, they were so easy though. Damn. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's me, the easy skateboarding man. What? Just call me Poochie, baby. Which ones were easy for you? Them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 difficulty do you have with the skateboarding? A lot. <laughs> but. It's, like, mechanically so simple. Any of the high score competitions were easy. Most of the levels were small enough to... The high score competitions... Oh, yeah. Those those were fine. Yeah. I didn't... I couldn't figure out how to land off of a ramp for a <laughs> really long time. <laughs> it, it took me a second to realize you couldn't land, like, facing in reverse. Yeah. Like, uh, you, can't, you can't be a goofy-ass dragon. Yeah, I but... crashed, like, 30 times. <laughs> Um, and then they were like, when you jump, you can use triangle and spin in the air. And I would be like, okay, you can do forward flips or like back flips or you can do side and side. And then I was like, ooh, let me do diagonal and do weird. And then I could not land those. <laughs> it's fascinating. They, I believe, I, I don't know if this is real or not, but I think they ran on the Tony Hawk engine in the original game. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know if that's true or not. That's something I think I read as a kid. So mm. that could be a fun fact that actually isn't fun or a fact. It's fun. It might <laughs> yeah, I was like, fast. it would still be fun. Um, because like I loved skateboarding games growing up. I played like every Tony Hawk until Underground One, I think. Gotcha. I think two was my my stepping off point. But I found them to be fun diversions. I think the really fun thing is if Insomniac's goal was to break up the monotony of just being Spyro again. I think they did it really well because I think each of the new characters they brought in had a fun, sure, take to them. Sure. I thought some of the new characters worked out better than others. 
I think uh, so too. I thought Sheila was really, really rocky to handle. If I'm honest, Sheila was. I don't think she was hard to handle. I think there wasn't enough to her. To Maybe make. that was it. I it's her her level design is interesting because it's a more vertical scaling uh, because of her high jump, and I don't think any of her segments in particular lasted long enough for me to be annoyed by her mm-hmm. mechanics. Okay. If anything, like Bentley was out there a lot more often. The the who's the penguin. Uh, Sergeant Bird. Sergeant Bird. Sergeant Bird. How do I don't forget a name as simple as Sergeant Bird? Sergeant Bird. Bird. That was the one I thought was really, really wonky. He he wouldn't turn. Yeah. When I wanted him to turn. Yeah. He was a little uncooperative sometimes. Um. Also, I here's here's the thing. They had the um, the missiles were with him, and then there was I think a uh tank or something that you're given in the in the battle with the sorceress as well that yes. had the missiles the missiles are on the sides so the aiming is so imprecise with oh, them it's so that i was like Argh. yeah if, <laughs> and they're if supposed like to be like on, seekers but they nothing. definitely weren't yeah yeah well they were seekers and there were some points where like i would be trying to shoot a baddie and it would like find a jar on yeah. like, the other freaking side of the map and it yeah would give that priority same and thing I would with die. the um like, what is this it's the same with like the submarines underwater yeah that had the missiles that like you had to like lock on to that thing and it was like but i can't it doesn't stay in my view long enough to lock on like uh. there's like so much that like vehicles yeah what how did that happen i have no idea that's a lot where did the so like the fact that the ufo was used at the end of the sorceress battle and then the entire last like one that you didn't get to mm-hmm. is a whole ufo battle with the sorceress where did it come from I, we didn't yeah. use it in any other part of the game. I mean, like, <laughs> it half just of this game is just, like, one... It's just, like, a lot of really weird things. It's interesting. The entire trilogy feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. Right down to, like, its Ooh. animation, the way everything flows together. Like, this is something I'd put a kid in front And of. the, like, episodic, like, rotation of this one, where it was just, oh, like, every yeah. time you go into the worlds, and then at the end you see a scene with the sorceress, and she shows you somebody in a cage who's going to be your next buddy, and then she transforms a guy into a monster, and you fight him. Yeah, the game has a very nice flow to it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the other two games had as much. Sure. Because Ripto only had three main hubs to it. Ripto's a comparatively really short game. It took me a less time to get for Ripto than it did the original. Um, I I want to say it was about equal for me. Okay. I don't know if I would agree or disagree with but that. This but this one felt much bigger in scale yes. than the other two. Yes. I think part of that is because of the characters. I love ensemble-based stuff, so some of the later cutscenes with all of the characters interacting with each other throughout the entire time, and then the characters from Ripto's Rage come back, and they're hanging out, and that fawn wants to fuck that dragon, and it's just like... <laughs> hey, all my old friends are here and we're hanging out and we're having a good time and the bunny and the tiger are also going to have some pretty weird kids someday. That's fine. Yeah. Let's get these animals some, like, together. half-length ears with partial stripes. <laughs> and like really fucked up teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so a British person. Dope. Yes. I think Kevin <laughs> Sorry for offending half of our listeners. I think Kevin case. like reigns the two of us in and we're having a lot of trouble just like not... What is ourselves. talking with a filter? <laughs> um, I thought th- that's what the pop filter on my microphone is for, right? That's what it's, it's for. All yes. of those it's things that I'm saying are just going to go away. To your brain. Yeah. Oh, boy. I've lost all my... Do you like this episode? Give us a like and a subscribe. Kevin, this is what happens when you go away. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting with the characters how... I'm not, I don't think it was all successful. But each of them took on a, a different genre. Yeah. Especially Agent 9. Agent 9. Agent 9 did a full-on, like, script. FPS. Yeah. And then 
the other whatever the other one was um i don't know it was just like suddenly he's got like a hundred health and i was like what what am i doing it's so fascinating because that's something that banjo tui did but a year later Mm. they would have full segments that were just a full-on full-person shooter in the golden Knight 007 engine yeah and i had no idea this game i don't think the original version was a first-person shooter i think in the original year of the dragon it was a third-person shooter i see I think that Toys for Bob changed things. Again, I don't know that one for certain. I was really bad about looking up information on the original game when I was doing research for this episode. Mm. But I believe they changed some things around to make Agent 9 segments a little more modern. Yes, modern. But I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was a really fun diversion. Yeah, I was so thrown by it at first. I literally was like... Because I kind of saw... Sheila had the one platformer level. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it's like a side-scrolling platformer type. Like yeah. old style. Um, and I feel like Sergeant Bird had something too that was a little bit different. So I had seen that they were like messing with stuff with the side characters. But Agent 9 was like such a big shift. Um, that the first time I went into his like FPS thing, I was like, "Did is something broken? Did the game glitch? Because I was actually... Where'd my character go? I will be honest. I started having some frame rate issues in this one that I did not have in the other two. Okay. Um, it was only, I think, from the third homeworld on. And sometimes they would go away. But but once they kind of started in a play session, they stayed. <laughs> hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything massive. It didn't break the game. It didn't make it unplayable. But it was certainly like a noticeable frame rate decrease for yeah. me. I, yeah, I experienced that a little bit as well. I, I felt it too during Ripto's Rage. Yeah. So hopefully that's something that just gets patched out on the way. But on the whole, like this game performed just fine. Relatively. I, yeah, my the skateboarding races had a couple of real glitchy yes, spots Yes, they me. slowed down a little bit for I me. didn't like those. Even, those were definitely Even more point. than the skate park thing. <laughs> <laughs> These games are... Definitely like a relic of a time gone by. And it's, I think we were talking about a little bit th- about this on the last episode, but I I had this like old man moment, especially since we're playing Fallout 76 at the same time right mm-hmm. now, because that's the next episode. And a game like 70, and I'm not, I don't want to spoil all of my opinions. Yeah, we're waiting for the movie, game. Zach. I know, but when a game has like microtransactions and bits being carved out and these gigantic sprawling maps with very little in them and then you have something like Spyro that's tight, concise to the point, you pay your $40, you get the entire package, it's bright, it's colorful, it's cheery. I it it I'm amazed that Antivision didn't try to fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed that this came in the package that we got it in yeah. because in in another universe, this got like the Call of Duty 4 remaster treatment where it was just like carved up and you paid piecemeal for every installment of the series. And it, I, I'm like happy that this collection exists, but it makes me feel like an old man because I feel like I, I have this genuine fear that it's like going forward are the only games that I'm really going to truly look forward to be remasters of games I loved growing up and mm-hmm. installments in classic franchises Am I going like when was the last time I got excited for a new franchise? Because I can't remember. Even Spider Man, it's an adaptation of like a comic. Okay, you mean like a fully like original, like an original world, yeah, with original characters. And like I'm thinking about this entire console generation. Near, near is 
Yeah. Pretty much that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that I don't like new games. I mean, even on the show, we've played two, maybe three games that I would call some of my all-time favorites. And there are indie games, like Celeste. I'm like freewheeling over here. I was just having this thought today while I was playing the game a little bit. It's just like, I really hope that I'm not becoming a bitter old man who's just going to hate all new video games coming out in the future. Because when you play this and we put it next to Fallout 76, which I'm not that warm on for a lot of reasons... I, I, I worry for my love of video games going <laughs> forward, and I hope that I love them forever. I, I guess I would say, like, it's probably a matter of standards. You know what I mean? Like, you have certain expectations, because you, you've seen, you know, we've had, like, Nier Automata, fantastic game. We've had uh, even Spider-Man, even though it's, like, not an original. It's based off of a, a thing that already existed. Right. Like, there are things that show you how to do a new and modern game well. And so, you know it's possible to do this thing in a way that you like it, but then some people don't. That's my like initial spitball thought. As I get a response. That. It it makes me playing these games make me really hopeful that we'll see a couple of more like old nineties games get this kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Banjo and Kazooie like come back to life in this way. Ape Escape, maybe? Have you ever played Ape Escape? I have not. Oh my dude. If a if a gap shows up in our schedule, we should do Ape Escape. Cool. That would be a really fun game to tackle. I would like a nice little Earthbound remaster. I mean, of any all? kind. I would love Mother Three to get ported over here, yes. but that's never going to happen. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if it hasn't happened, I've I'm almost given up hope on Mother Three ever coming over. Yeah, here. I don't think it will. Yeah, but I like to keep hope alive so that it can be killed once again. <laughs> this is how I live my life. That's our machoistic tendency over here. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add in about Spyro Year of the Dragon? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to decide where I place it among the, the trilogy. Um, I almost think the first game is my favorite simply because I was so charmed by the simplicity. I'm in the same boat as you. I think that, and I'm not sure if it's because... By playing all three of them back to back, kind of wore me down on style of game. Right, we did. We did kind of shove. We these, these were released over several years, that, and we just played them. I think this all. trilogy was designed that you'd want to marathon all three yeah. of them because, comparatively speaking, especially the first two, they're very short games by themselves. I also think that the world design in the first game left a lot of room for just like that moment of creativity with trying to find something on the horizon there were so many moments in the first game where i was like wait i wonder if i can go there and if i'll find something there and nine times out of ten i could go there and there was something to find i almost want to say it was less predictable and maybe just because it was the first one and it was new but you know what i mean the home worlds in two and three just started to feel very formulaic to me yeah and um, with three having a lot of their segments carved out into the smaller side areas, right. it didn't feel like there was as much to explore in the core right. areas. Right. The, so the home worlds that. were actually pretty minimal. And three three did this interesting marriage of, like, one, you could go through and 100% everything as you went through. Yeah. Two, you could not. You were, like, limited because it would, like, in Glimmer, you needed to be able to climb. Or, like, in this one, it's like, come back when you can head bash. You know what I mean? This one... You could mostly 100% everything as you were going through, but there would be one world where you needed a character you didn't have yet. Yeah, that and happened so, a couple of times through the game. Yeah. But at least it like 
told you that you needed the character. It did. And you no, were running around trying to figure out where the heck to go. I do next. appreciate that. But that's what I'm saying is like they kind of did like a it was less extreme than in Ripto's because in Ripto's I had to leave several worlds unfinished and just kind of progress almost to the end before I could go back and finish everything. Yeah. Whereas this one was like, okay, I'm just going to go through all the worlds and then there will be that one side world that has that requires a character I haven't unlocked yet. So I guess I got to come back to that later. And that happened in every home world. I also appreciated how with sparks like pointing in your direction of the next gem. In this one, if the next gem was in a different area of it would the level, that. he would point you towards the portal yes. instead of like being like, I don't know, I, there's nothing um, here, and be like, Sparks, there is though. And I thought that was just like one small gameplay quirk of that mechanic that I really, really, really enjoyed. I actually did, I did finally use the Sparks find me some gems function in this one. I didn't use it in either of the first two. We remember talking about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did use it in this one. Not many times. There were many words I completed without it, but there were some words like, I just don't feel like looking for it. I can't. I automatically like just press down on the thumbsticks out of habit anyway. So the idea of like not being able to use that mechanic probably would have <laughs> thrown my ADD. Into- I also, I had a, okay. So there's 15,000 gems available in the game in order to unlock the bonus world. Yeah. I had 15,002. Wait, what? I don't know where I got my two extra gems from. I need photographic evidence of that. I'll bring it up for you after we finish this episode. Because I legitimately had 15,002 gems. And I was like, oh, just a couple extra to take home, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you you get to get all your gems back from Moneybags in this one? Yes, I did. God bless. I was like, this is an even better way to do it because I get to directly, like, hit him in the butt. I love that the game, like, recognizes the fact that, like, he's such a He's the worst. (laughs) He's the worst. Also, every single character that you paid him to free would be like, oh, that's like, Agent 9 was like, I'm gonna show you some dancing! (laughs) Dancing bear! (laughs) I like Agent 9 a lot. (laughs) He was fun. He's fun. I thought I was gonna hate him and then I didn't. All the characters are really fun in this. They have well-fleshed out personalities. Their animation is so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't believe how good of a job Toys for Bob did with this remaster trilogy. Yeah. I think this is easily, like, a new standard for how to recreate these classic yeah. games. Yeah, and like considering this. that you said, like, in the first one, you know, maybe not all of it, but there was there were bits of questionable voice acting <laughs> here or there. Oh, yeah, here. Uh, I Everyone didn't have any problems, perfect. even though there were some lines that was like, that's a stupid line. That's, a, that's an interesting read. You know, uh, the characters, the person who said them said them fine. So if you were that person, good job. Yes. <laughs> On that note, Andrew Orsi, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Good game or great game? I think it's a great game. I agree with you full heartedly. I think it's a great remaster of what was already a great game. So, I'm, like, well I done. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well done. Boy. We got through it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy we did this game. Yeah, I'm me too. happy we did. Because I have been feeling this bias against platformers, and I've now learned that there are platformers that can win my heart. Just only some. And my heart's just three not sizes Celeste. <laughs> I'm I'm low key rooting for Celeste. To I know you are. The, uh, I know you rewards. are. I know it's not going to win Game of the Year, but like, I just I love that game <laughs> so much. When we're talking about like our Game of the Year lists and everything, like you know that that bad boy's going to be on mine. On uh, that note, next week we're talking about Fallout seventy six. Sure are. Then we're doing our year wrap up. Yeah, we're gonna. Put a bow on 2018. A nice silver bow with little red stripes on it. But the stripes are thinner than the silver stripes because you want silver to be the primary color. And it's sort of that like shimmery satin. Um, 
fabric. Um, and so, and then on the side, there's also little red trim. In seventh grade, <laughs> I failed my remedial art class. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You failed remedial art. I failed remedial art. <laughs> how class. did in how are you in remedial art by seventh grade? <laughs> I don't think I'm using the word remedial correctly. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but I was very bad at art, and I had like. Uh, we were supposed to make make these clay sculptures of an animal, and mine was a penguin. And I would put it like four times throughout this ten week course into the kiln, and it would come out, and it wasn't done. The you were working with a like, kiln in seventh grade. I, we were. We very much were. I have a and lot of questions like, about your childhood. It just like spat it back out. It was like, <laughs> I'm not taking this art in. Are you kidding me? Look at the lines on this. Your penguin was straight up rejected. My penguin was dead. Did you put a bow tie on it? I didn't put a bow tie See, on it. See, that's why. But just your discussion of arts and crafts reminded me of that story. Was that what I was discussing, you. arts and crafts? Yes. I wasn't just detailing a ribbon. <laughs> you were you were explaining how to tie it very elegantly. Yeah. Which is art. Thank you. Yes. I'm an artiste. Uh, Spot 76 next week. Veer wrap up. We'll go away for the holidays. We'll come back. We're talking about Smash brothers yeah and it's gonna be great it's gonna be because great we spent so much time already talking about it so why not <laughs> i know we've basically done an entire episode on smash already so now you'll actually get a whole compact episode we're getting just to the that. point where there's going to be enough episodes to like drive across the country with <gasps> road not trip probably that much but like you can spend the whole day listening to yeah game like have a good great road trip future have a good gay, a good gay road <laughs> Yo, trip. <laughs> if somebody like has a good great road trip, please let me know. Yeah, please immediately like tweet at a us. A dream of mine. Oh For my god! Just if you're a passenger nice... in the car doing a good great road trip, please live tweet the shit out of it. Oh my god! I want every single one of those. I, I don't care about what, the notifications. I want to know at what point my voice makes you break. <laughs> By Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you to the James Rocket for the use of our theme song. It's called We Are Here For You. It's a wonderful single. Listen to the rest of their good work at thejamesrocket.bandcamp.com. We'll see you in one week to talk about Fallout 76. For Andrew Orsi, I am Zach Rich. This has been Good Game, Great Game. Hey, let's go play a new game. We know the consequences. But children, we are here for you. We might not understand just what you've been through, but children.